Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Good show for you today, episode 118. We have some big contract news in Major League Baseball. Uh, well, a certain team is not waiting to lock up their very, very bright young star. Uh, we'll definitely, definitely have some opinions on that. Uh, another uh, name in baseball probably should have kept his mouth shut. Some NFC East free agent news, as well as uh, trade news to and from. Um, yeah, we're getting right into it. I mean, I really don't know. It came as a surprise to me. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., the standout shortstop, 21-year-old for the San Diego Padres, a guy who has rubbed some people the wrong way uh, because, well, he's energetic and he enjoys the game, which apparently is not allowed because the only way to enjoy baseball is you hit it and then you go sit down and do nothing. Uh, don't show personality. Uh, if you can't tell, we're being sarcastic. We're both very big fans of Fernando Tatis Jr., Signed a 14-year, $340 million contract extension. Wow. Yeah, the third largest contract in MLB history, behind only Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. So right there, you're in some pretty elite company. Uh, he's going to avoid all the arbitration, all the potential ugliness uh, that arbitration can bring as far as the team having to knock the player, the player having to knock the team. It's a system that's just designed to like tear each other down, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, they're going to avoid all that. They wanted, They did not want to go through that with him. He's their guy. They've seen enough. Very small sample size. Only played 143 games. Very few in 2018. Or excuse me, 2019. The 2020 season was obviously only 60 games. But they've seen enough. And they know they like what they see. And they want to make sure there's no conflict. There's no problem. They want this guy to be paid. They want him happy. And they want him in San Diego. I mean, he's the face of the franchise. You can say what you want about Manny Machado. But Fernando Tatis is the face of the franchise. And they, they've seen that. They see the writing on the wall. They see what they can do if they properly advertise the kid. Uh, I look at this contract. There's a couple things that stand out to me. The numbers aren't that crazy. I mean, obviously, he's got multiple years that are $36 million, That's which start at age 30 and move on to the end of the contract. But by then, if, if we... Go with how uh, time goes and salaries increase. And Inflation of contracts. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was trying to get yeah. at, but I wasn't sure with the wording. Um, it'll actually probably turn out to be a pretty good deal. Uh, and there's two other points I like to, to bring up. One, full no trade clause. I have no problem with that. Talented oh. like that. Yep. Not Number two, there are no opt-outs in this. That's a huge deal. He has stated he very much wants to be in San Diego. So, I mean, you have a talent like that who wants to be on your team. Look, both sides, there's points to be made on both sides. Oh, that's a mistake. He's only 21. You never know what's going to happen. And like you said, okay, lock him up now because as contract inflation occurs, you're going to see uh, the equivalent of uh, the three, uh, $340 million. You're going to see $500 million contracts, $600 million contracts. I know it sounds crazy now, but just wait. Wait 15, 20 years. You're going to see, not even, actually, wait 5 or 10 years. You're going to start seeing them increase. This was, I believe, this is a smart move by the Padres. Yeah. I really do. They know they want him there. Uh, the only thing you said I disagree with slightly is he's the face of the team. 
He's the face of baseball. Okay. He's going to he is the face of the team, so you weren't wrong, Bobby, actually, but he's going to be one of the faces of Major League Baseball. Because they never choose just one player. Um Mike Trout and Wookie Betts, like I said, seem like really good guys. Uh, outstanding players. But they're much more low key. Doesn't mean they should make less money. Whatever the team thinks they're worth it, good for them, make your money. Tatis Jr. is a guy with a lot of swagger, a lot of personality. Seems like a really nice kid. Um, because I say that now, and they're probably going to find something that's going to make me regret saying that in the next week. But <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, <clears throat> I This is a great move to keep one of the bright young stars in the game in San Diego. They want him there. He wants to be there. They want this team to be considered legitimate contenders. That's why they made all the moves they've made, not just for this year, next year, for the coming five to seven years, ten years, and so on. So, I mean, this – I don't – you're going to have your your people oh, – 143 games. They had this many years of arbitration. They could have – you know, they, they could have waited. They could have exercised minor league contracts. They could have – they could have also – screwed around with a great player, upset him, made him feel unwanted, made him feel unvalued. And for all of you that say, oh, for all the money you make, you should not care. Let me tell you something. Being unhappy at any job, no matter how much money you make, after a while, you're just done. You don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I've never made anything close to what Mr. Tati Jr. is going to be making. But I'll tell you what, when you get to a certain level of frustration with the place, and you feel mistreated, or you feel like they're screwing you around, you just don't care anymore. They avoided all that. They avoided all of that. And I, th- I think if we look at it, um, it's a fixed amount of money each and every year. They can kind of foreshadow how much they have to allocate to Fernando Tatis. And if 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 you're one of those who think, well, it's, it's San Diego, Ben. Like, how can he get, you know advertiser how can he get publication how can he get his his face like okay it's 2021 the the narrative of west coast small market yeah it right put that to pasture because so 20 years ago this was an argument yeah social media single-handedly will make it so that doesn't mean anything at all so i like i like the deal i like everything about it i like the the no opt-outs because that that shows the player's dedication to the right. team, yep. And, and the, the team has dedicated to the player by giving him this large contract. So it's a win-win for everybody. I just want to see them put his face out there, his presentation, how he is. I want them to put it out there and say, "This is this is baseball." Promote. I think they already are, honestly. He's already going to be on the cover of MLB The Show video game coming out in March. Not a sponsor, but hey, if you're listening, <laughs> hit us up. Um, I mean, he made uh, he made some waves last year when he apparently broke some of the unwritten rules of the crotchety old grumpy people who don't want baseball to progress to anything interesting. Uh, and I don't I forgot what it was like he hit a, he hit a grand slam when his team was up by I don't know so many points in it upset the other team's coach well you know what tell your pitcher to pitch better don't give up grand slams that ain't Tatis Jr.'s fault that's your pitcher for throwing him a gopher ball I I, I know we we don't like to always bring it back to Bill but what does Bill always say about Bill who 
Bill Belichick. Okay. Sorry. A lot of bills in the I world. know, I know. He says, it's our job to stop you on, on defense. If yeah. we don't stop you, that's our fault. Yeah, exactly. You score 36, 39 points, and we can't stop you, hey, it's our fault. Yep. Just like he's not going to apologize for running up the scores. So. Exactly. You don't, you don't want us to score or stop us. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we can play this but. game in, 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 in T-ball. We can play this game in, in peewee um, football. This is the this is the big boys, right? We're adults. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, good for uh, good for Tatis Jr. I think one of the, uh, without a doubt, probably the brightest of the bright young players in the game. Hell of a future. I uh, can't wait to see what the, what the on field uh, performance. Um, hold on. <laughs> Can't wait to see what uh, we'll, we'll see from him as far as on-field performance standpoint goes going forward because he's he's going to be exciting. And he keeps going the way he is. He's going to challenge for a, a lot of a lot of records that are thought to be untouchable. So we'll it's going to be fun watching him. Okay, not so much fun. Uh, <laughs> for, well, for those of you. Uh, for those of you who have ever, uh, I don't know, have been on a Zoom call and maybe said something you didn't didn't want to say or, I don't know, a certain California school board comes to mind. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, it's not the show isn't the place for that, but go Google that out of, if you're curious. Um, Mariners president and CEO Kevin Mather, or I should say former president and CEO Kevin Mather, resigned earlier today today being monday february 22nd yeah 22nd uh for disparaging comments he made about several members of his his organization his the players um now these weren't comments made about their on-field play i wouldn't have a problem with that like it or not like it if it's on the field and it's a member of uh, management or ownership of a franchise. They have a right to criticize the player. Maybe it's not the best form, but that's not exactly grounds to want someone to resign. Uh, maybe if you're really, really sensitive, it is. But you know, go you know get your blankie and go sit in the corner. This, however, was different. Almost like it, it was a roast that no one else was aware was going on. I, and I, I, you know, reading what he said, I mean, they had a. A, a twenty a twenty year old, uh, the, the the player's name escapes me. Uh, Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, uh, a, a Spanish speaking player, uh, from a Spanish speaking country. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he criticized him uh, for being loud and uh, his his very poor English, which I I don't I don't I just don't I don't understand how he thought that was a good move, how he thought that was okay. And like, I don't know. Screw this guy. Honestly, <laughs> like, he's just a clown. I mean, realistically, there's a good, good what five, six, seven players that I, I just read that he went. He had this 45 minute, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know if it was an interview or a conference call. It was a Zoom call with the Seattle Rotary Club. It didn't even have anything to do with baseball, mind you. And this guy goes off, and he's making fun of his this player for not speaking proper English. And there's a Japanese player; he was upset because he had to keep pay, paying the interpreter so he could understand him. 
and uh, calling you know some of their pitchers and players boring and saying they're not exciting enough and and you know to the best of my knowledge didn't use any like racial slurs or anything like that uh, so I think some people who are calling this like uh, racially motivated are are, are being or those are the more sensitive among us who get offended by everything. Um, I think it's just a guy who runs his mouth who just doesn't know when to shut the hell up. Like, this wasn't the place for any of this stuff. If there's a problem with how uh, the player's uh, English is coming across, perhaps talk to that player. Don't call him out on a Zoom conference with people who have nothing to do with it. That makes no sense. Not to mention you have a 20-year-old kid who's in a new country, living his dream, trying to do the best he can. And by all accounts from all his teammates, kid's been really busting his ass trying to learn English. I can barely speak English half the time, and I'm from America. This kid speaks Spanish, and he's trying to learn English and be a professional baseball player. So I'm certainly not going to criticize him. And he's got some idiot president and CEO from his team running his mouth, putting him down because he's not learning fast enough. I just I got no I got no time for people like that, man. It's 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 stupid. It's it's not funny. If you was trying, like I said it sounded almost like you was trying to joke around. It's not funny. I I, I agree with you on on every, all those accounts of um, what he said. You know he he went so far as to criticize um, Kyle Seeger. Now, again, he he made a comment about he's a future Seattle Mariner Hall of Famer. Or it was a Hall, future Hall of Famer. But that this will be his last season. It's like, it's like, it, one of the comments is like innocuous by itself. But forty five minutes of this, yes. this, this, um, and and to to your point that um, he shouldn't be, should or shouldn't be having a job in Major League Baseball. Maybe he shouldn't, um, because I ha- I have a, a Seattle Times report that um, he was part of a workplace issue. What kind of issue? Um, Two women, uh, three women received settlements for inappropriate behavior in the workplace. I didn't know that. I thought this was a stand. I thought this he, I didn't know he was a habitual moron. I thought this was a standalone idiocy. Incorrect. Okay. Well, that changes that then. So Um, I retract that previous statement. Perhaps he shouldn't be around any living decent person again. And, and, and the, here's the here's the worst part, and this is where Seattle and other clubs have to reassess situations. After the situation was resolved with payouts, and hey, that's what you want, that's what you want, uh, they retained him and then promoted him <laughs> to, the well, team, to the team president as, as his position was till today. Well, I'm sure Daniel Snyder will be calling him for a job any day now. I, I just, I just, I have no time for this. This guy no. needs, yeah. needs I to. Was... I am not soft. No. But the crap he was saying, yeah, I got no time for. Buddy, take that crap elsewhere. Like I said, well, like I said before, I found out the last little tidbit you told me. Uh, if it was just a matter of him making some, some idiotic comments, even when he was talking about the whole the whole language barrier thing, he wasn't making any direct like racial attacks or anything. Right. So it's like, okay, you're an idiot. You run your mouth. A lot of people are dumb and run their mouth. And 
you lost your job, a very good-paying job because of it, although I'm sure he's still going to get a severance package. I don't know that, though, so don't quote me. Uh, I, I was willing to just be like, okay, you're an idiot, just go away. But now you're talking about potential uh, ish, harassment issues with uh, these 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 three ladies when he before he got promoted, <laughs> uh, and and that was settled. So you have to think if it's a settlement, then there's, I mean, you don't settle when there's nothing there. So yeah, screw this guy. If you need the facts of the 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 situation that happened, uh, Seattle Times published on July twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, updated. Uh, the same day so the facts are there uh, whatever facts that they revealed because again undisclosed amount so they probably signed a non-disclosure so that being said he was linked to it he was part of it so this is a pattern and clearly that 45 minute rant um, made it real simple for the Seattle Mariners to just say bye even though one could contest that maybe the situation before should have been an indication. I'm just saying. Yeah, that that's a little disturbing that there was actually uh, settlements uh, for the uh, alleged, I quote, harassment. Um, but you know, there's settlements, and he was still there, and then promoted. Like that's that's not a good look for the Seattle Mariners organization. Um, yeah, I. Neither Ben or I are what you could consider overly sensitive people when it comes. We're not, we're not among the uh, the professionally offended uh, Twitter elite who like to find things to whine about every minute of every day, and they're offended by everything. But even both of us saw this and we're like, dude, there's no place for that. Like it just just isn't. You can't don't put little people like because you're in a position above them. Like if you have a problem with something they're doing. And you're the one directly responsible for them being there. I don't know. Maybe help them. Help them. Like, the funny thing is, uh, who, who's the kid he was talking about? The, uh, Julio kid, Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez. So, I, can't remember the, I can't remember names. I didn't write names down. That was great reporting I by me. I just learned right? it today. Um, supposedly, one of the players mm-hmm. uh, had a mother who was going through some kind of surgery or something. And she wanted to learn Spanish. And Julio Rodriguez knew both English English and obviously knew Spanish, yeah. but English good enough to help her learn Spanish while she was rehabbing, and talks uh, uh, talks to her in English frequently when trying to find out how she's progressing. So, uh, and he's also done uh, interviews, at least one full interview in in English, and he's only been in the states for like I don't know, what, maybe a couple of years, at least. And he's learned an entire other language good enough to do a full interview with it. I mean, I'd say the kids, kids learn in English a lot faster than I learned Spanish. I'll tell you that much right now. So, uh, yeah, Mister uh, Kevin Mather. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the last we're reporting on you, and you can just go away completely. Okay. Not speaking of. Oh, never mind. Hold on. That was fucking horrible. I don't think there's really a... There isn't a transition. There isn't a transition. You can just cold call it. All right. Since I found out in the section that I edited right here, Mm -hmm. there's no real good transition. Um, So we're going to get into some NFC East free agent or potential free agent news. 
uh, the Cowboys, apparently listening to what you said in uh, last week's episode and clip, uh, have clearly stated they hope to sign Dak Prescott by March 9th. Uh, they do not want him uh, getting into a free agency. Uh, they don't want it to be a bidding war because he's going to be expensive enough without that. And if you have multiple teams who are clearing cap space to bring, potentially bring him in, it's going to get even pricier. Uh, there's <laughs> a certain team who I thought was a sleeper for Mr. Prescott uh, that uh, it does not appear to be an option uh, anymore. What wouldn't won't be an option, which we'll get into in our next segment. But I mean, <sighs> did the Cowboys really need to say this? No, I mean this was pretty common knowledge. Just as I mean, it's, they didn't say anything wrong. They didn't say anything anybody that doesn't know already, but. Why do these teams insist on coming out and saying, we're definitely going to get it done before this day? Because now Dak knows they don't want this going to a bidding war. So even if he plans on re-signing with Dallas, he could say, well, I could just hold out and wait till I don't know, the first or second week of legit free agency when the league year actually starts and probably squeeze another $30, $40 million out of him. If I were Dak, I'd do that now. If instead of, instead of Jerry just keeping his mouth shut, Jerry Jones, I just criticized Ben for uh, calling Bill Belichick <laughs> Bill. Jerry Jones, instead of keeping his mouth shut, once again, his talking's going to cost him money. If you think Dak's going to take a hometown discount after he saw last year, after he went out, how valuable he is to that team, he's going to be 35 to 40 a year easy. Easy. And I don't know if they can afford them. So, I don't, I mean, they're going to tag him, but they can't pay that tag. It's the second year of a franchise tag. Well, can they do it if they can't pay him? I mean, I don't know. Because that's guaranteed money right there. Like, as soon as you, as you have to have that money available. Yeah, and if you don't, you can't tag him. So, and and remember, if you, if you don't remember, he, he was tagged last year. So, now the second year is the top five the average of the top five players in the league. Now, obviously, it doesn't really matter, make too much difference for Dak because he's a quarterback, uh, but the AV for the top five players in the league, uh, $45 million for Mahomes, 39 for Deshaun, 35 for Russell, 34 for uh, Roethlisberger, and 33.5 for Aaron Rodgers. He got paid, what was it, 30 last year? I believe so. Somewhere around 30. So it's going up. I mean uh, – Honestly, it's not a crazy jump from last year to this year, but it's still money allocated to one source, and it's not a long-term contract. I, I agree a thousand percent, which I stated last week. You can't let it get to free agency. There is no reason to say this, though. You, you lose leverage. What little leverage you have, and and... The next topic we'll talk about uh, in in a few minutes gave the Cowboys a little bit of leverage, a little bit. Whatever leverage they had is now gone because of that statement. And there are probably a couple teams that if they felt the need to, if they see him on the free agent market and they want to try to take a run at him, they can finagle a little money. That wouldn't hurt him too much to cut this player 
or take some money away from this player to re, you know restructure to make that money fit, they could probably pull it off. And you're right. Now you're in a bidding war. And some of these other teams have a little bit more money than you do. So so Jerry Jones, you might just want to say, here's 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 uh what? Forty million dollars a year over five years. And we can we call it a can we call it a truce? Because otherwise it might get a little bit more pricier. I mean, you'd have to think that's what you'd have to do, at least four years. At least. At least four years. And, I mean, if Dak stays healthy and doesn't get re-injured, he could still be in line for another monster contract after that. Um, yeah, there's just – it's not smart. Uh, and like you said, there's gonna if it gets to be a bidding war, there's going to be other teams that aren't necessarily in great cap position right now but can cut some – you know, trim some of the fat and cut some of the quote-unquote dead weight uh, from a cap standpoint easier than the Cowboys can without hurting the core of their team. And Cowboy, you might see Dak in the new uniform next year. I, I, I 100% agree with what you said last week. If we get to the point free agency starts, even if it's the legal tampering period, if it gets to the point where other teams can talk to Dak and there's nothing in place, well, if they talk to him, there wouldn't be anything in place. Right. So, yeah, good good call on my part there. But if you get to a point where it, it, it is a bidding war, Cowboys are going to lose Dak. I don't know where he's going at this point because, like I said, and it's going to be our, our final segment of the day, which is going to be the majority of our show, uh, the team I thought Dak would end up on, if it wasn't Dallas, isn't looking for a quarterback anymore. So, I don't know. Maybe you see him in Washington. I mean, I doubt New England, but they have the cap room. Even the Jets at this point, if they didn't want to go out and try to trade for uh, – for Deshaun Watson, they have more than enough cap room to sign Dak Prescott to a contract and bring in a and bring in a great receiver or trade away that pick and get a receiver, sign some free agent receivers. Like I said, and apparently is a very popular opinion. I think Aaron Jones will be there next year. You start uh you go from having Sam Darnold and insert running back here to Dak Prescott and Aaron Jones in a backfield. Oof. That just that just bumped your stock as a team to the roof. And and you also have to think of this, Chris. With all the rumors out of Carolina, um, it's not that they don't love Teddy. It's just they want to uh, make an pro- improvement at quarterback, whether it be through the draft or other means. And you look at Denver. I mean, they're just under 40. Don't You, you could see a sign-and-trade between quarterbacks. It's a fixed amount of money for, for – um, Teddy Bridgewater, it's a rookie contract still for Drew Locke. I could see that happening. It, it, it would force the Cowboys to not get proper compensation for Dak Prescott, but they put themselves in this corner. They took advantage of his draft position and how much they had to pay for pay him for three years. And he said, I'm a, uh, you 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 want to franchise tag me? Fine, franchise tag me. Oh, I'm sorry for four years, and they franchise tagged him. They couldn't work out a deal. Now it's on them. I'm sorry. You better figure this out. March 9th? Yeah. Okay. Now we have a date because I thought it'd be a little bit later than that, but now we have a date. 
They better figure it out because he is he hits free agency. I'm telling you, he's gonna be gone. We got at least four or five teams that could possibly make a move. And some of them are dangerous enough to make that move. And you know another thing about the whole March 9th thing? They put a deadline on himself, essentially. I mean, it's not an official deadline. Dak could still come to an agreement with them after that date and before free agency def- uh, you know, technically starts. But if it's not going the way they want it to, and they're too far apart on money, and March 9th hits, Dak can look at that and go, well, they're the ones who said the 9th. We're nowhere close. So you know what? For the next, oh, five days until the legal tampering period starts, eight days until the 17th when the actual technical free agent starts when you can actually sign these guys. Right. I don't think I'm going to be having any conversations with Dallas. I'll talk to them when I can talk to everybody else. You th- And do you think Dak's going to sweat this? No. Not at all. No. No. See, Look, Dak, like I said, Dak Prescott is the first person in the history of – well, I can't say the history, but in my recollection – in professional sports, who had a massive injury and had his own stock shoot through the roof because of that. Because I will openly admit, I was not, I did not think Dak should get that money last offseason going into this offseason. I did not think he was as good as he really was. And then I saw how he performed, but the team around him was not great. He held them in it and he brought them back and he made them legitimate. And he was gone, and they were lost. Yeah. They were completely lost. He's their leader on the field. He's their leader off the field. He wasn't there. They were not the same team. Him breaking his ankle made him a lot of money. I guaranteed that $40 million a year. Oh, yeah. And it locks him him there all season, locks that team for the, the division win. Look, did the playoffs shake the same way? Who knows? I don't want to predict whether uh, Brady and the Bucks go into Dallas or don't go into Dallas and win. I don't know, but all I'm saying, it'd be a, it'd be an interesting. It would have been an interesting matchup between the Bucks and the Cowboys with a Dak Prescott yep. at quarterback. I'll be waiting on this one. This is going to be one of the the bigger yeah the. Uh the bigger signings of the offseason, whether it's Dallas or anywhere else. When he signs, uh, I think for the uh, the price tag on that contract alone, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and like I said, he's, he put himself in that position, playing the way he did, and and you know going from what was it? was he a sixth round pick or was he fourth fifth? I know he was he was not a first or second. He was fourth. Okay, fourth round pick to being in the discussion as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I I can't be hypocritical, right? If I'm saying that Russell Wilson can't be elite because he's not winning playoff games, I'm not putting Dak at elite until I see him win a playoff game. No, but you're 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 measuring his um value to the to a particular exactly. team, right. right? And is his value to another team greater? Maybe not, but you it's it's an unknown value because you don't know what he do on another team. Right. But to the Dallas Cowboys, he is just about everything. And they put themselves, they, they tried to build this team, which they did. They did a great job. The unfortunate thing. Did they? Did huh? they? Because one domino fell out and the whole thing fell apart. You build a great they team. They hinged everything because they built the the way they built it. They hinged everything on the quarterback, being healthy. And for four years, he proved it. 
and unfortunately, the one the one thing that was going to disrupt their season happened. It Wait, sucks. All I'm saying is, Patriots lose Tom Brady. You have massive opt outs. Have a lot of injuries. Pretty much the worst case scenario for the team, and they still go seven and nine because they're a much better built organization and run team. Right. Cowboys lose one player, and it looked like the bad news bears out there. Yeah, because they invest how much they invested. No, I, but that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. I, I get that. But I'm saying like you said built a great team and i'm like i don't know if they built a great team or just put together a collection of high-priced players they built a great team in a in a manner that they thought would win but it hinged on one thing the starting quarterback they had they have developed for four years they identified in the draft which you got to give them you got to give them credit for they identified him in the draft sure. and they built the entire the running back wide receivers drafting another wide receiver this year Building that offensive line, and then as uh, what was it, Trent Frederick retired at the beginning of the season, that was the first domino to start falling, and then the offensive line just starting to either health or performance issues, and then we don't need to go into Amari Cooper because we've beaten that dead horse many many a time. Ugh. So just think if they didn't they didn't give him that money, it'd be a lot easier to try to figure out a whole deck contract right now. And, and you could figure out the offensive line issues a little bit yeah. better. And maybe you could have, instead of having Amari, you could have supplemented uh, the loss of Trent Frederick by getting another offensive line in in a trade. But you couldn't because you you, you had a franchise tag, Dak Prescott, and you had to pay Zeke, and you had to pay Tyrone Smith, and you had to pay Jalen Smith, and you had to pay Demarcus Lawrence. It just keeps building up. That's why... Teams need to build a solid base. Steelers do it. The Ravens do it. The Patriots do it. You're seeing the Dolphins trying to do it. Yep. You see the Bills are trying to do it, which will be another interesting tidbit in the next year or two on that contract for one Mr. Josh Allen. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If Josh Allen goes out in 2021 and looks as good or better as he did in 2020, his bank account's going to have a lot more numbers than it's starting at offseason, I'll tell you that much. Only, if not if not during the regular season. And the only person that would be higher than him is the same person that's going to be higher than everybody else. That, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, yeah we, we've talked about that. I think as great as Mahomes is from a financial standpoint, the Chiefs are going to regret that at some point. Not necessarily having him, but the fact that they had to make him the highest paid ever. But we will see when that time comes. Ah, uh, well, other NFC East free agent news, or I don't know if it's actually official yet or soon to be, but it's been announced that the Eagles will or have released Deshaun Jackson and will release Alshon Jeffrey when the new league year starts. Um, I mean, kind of saw this coming. Alshon Jeffrey, unfortunately for him, has not been able to play much the last couple of years. In his day when he was healthy... Man, a, definitely a force at receiver, especially his early days with the Bears. Um, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, I think this guy is one of the big what-ifs in the last 10 to 20 years in football. I mean, what what <laughs> if he could stay healthy, what he could have been. Because he's when he's on the field, he's electric. And he, he's a playmaker. But... I mean, he'll make a he'll make a massive play, an eighty-yard touchdown in week one, and you won't see him again the rest of the year. 
I mean, how many times has this happened? How many games has he missed because of injury? I don't know if this is true or not. I haven't done – I didn't crunch the numbers on this. But I wonder if he's played more games or missed more games in his career. And I don't say that to make fun of the guy because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be injured, obviously. I say that just as an honest question because it seems like every time you turn around, Deshaun Jackson's injured. Um, so there was an article shortly after the Eagles announced they were going to release him. I said, should the Patriots take a shot at Deshaun Jackson? And my thought is, oh, God, please no. I'd rather have Sammy Watkins. And it's nothing to do with talent or liking or disliking on a personal level. It's got to do with the fact of he's going to command 8 to $10 million a year based on his name and his big playability. He's going to come in. He's going to play two games. He's going to miss the rest of the year and be injured, and you're going to have 8 or $10 million that should or is essentially dead cap because it's a player you can't use. So it's a smart move by the Eagles to you know, cut both these guys. Uh, I'd have to think Deshaun probably find another team for 2022. A uh, team that wants to take a chance on him, take a flyer on him. He might not get the money he thinks he's going to get, but he'll he'll probably have a job. You got to think this might be it for Alshon Jeffrey, though. I mean, this guy's had health problems. Been really, really just not able to stay on the field the last three, four seasons. Almost all of this contract with the Eagles. Uh, he's seemingly injured or just not up to snuff. It's unfortunate, like I said, when he came over, he was one of the you know premier receivers in the game. But, uh, I mean, just based on injuries, if you're him at some point, you got to say it's time to hang it up. So I, I did some quick number crunching for you. I, I, I'm going to say no to the number of, of games played is, is less than injured. Um, in 13 years, he could have played 208 games, and he actually played in – 161 so i mean this in all sincerity that surprises me it honestly seemed like he was a guy who was always injured unfortunately for him only one year did he play 16 so that is an example of what you're talking about and and i just did some number quick number country and i think it's a 12 games average a year and uh Let's just say since uh, 2017, it's gone down. He's played yeah. eight games in the past two years. Yeah. So in the That's past two Sean years, Jeffrey's just about right there too, if, yeah. if not less. Yeah. Um, would I, if I were a team, I would have no interest in uh, either one of these receivers, unless you're looking at it as, okay, I'm going to bring them in as close to veteran minimum as possible, and I am a Super Bowl contender i.e. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, I mean, sure. If you can get him to agree to minimum, absolutely. I don't think you will, though. No. I still think he feels his value is that mid-level receiver range, you know, three to five, five to seven million a year, and it's just, it's not there anymore. You can't you can't depend on someone to stay healthy and stay on the field. How do you give them that kind of money? Especially someone who's built on speed. Right. If you can't stay on the field and you're built on speed and it's because your legs are... are not not giving you the quite quite burst that you need anymore, then he's not a like he's never been a great catcher. He's been adequate, but he's never been great. So if you don't have the hands, 
then and you lost your speed, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're not – you'll get one or two plays a season. And you're Clifford Franklin from the replacements. Yes. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. I, I just – I mean, Alshon probably has a little – little. And I say little more benefit than Deshaun just because of the size, the build. But, again, you have to limit his snaps – and you got to put him in, in positions to succeed. Dude, even when they did, he couldn't stay on the field. Right. That's what it, I'm saying. They like, severely limited his snaps what, a little bit. What, last year, was it he was healthy? And he still ended up missing most of this year, if not all of it, because he was hurt. Honestly, for both of them, it might just be that time. I think it is. Like I said, I think it is for Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey. I think I think for Deshaun Jackson, he'll try to get you know one last hurrah, one more contract, one more team to give him a chance. But it wouldn't surprise me if he gets hurt during the season. If he's just like, yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Quite like, possible. I'm going to retire. All right. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles. We we may as well get into it. This is this is this is we could we could have done a whole episode on. We put this last because we could have done an entire episode on just this probably. So, we wanted to be able to uh, kind of limit ourselves. We started going a little long as to how how long this segment would be. Philadelphia Eagles are going to look a lot different next year. And it's not only because Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson will not be with the team, uh, but neither will the former second overall pick, Carson Wentz, who was traded a few days ago to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, And (laughs) this is... One of the greatest situations of overplaying your hand that I can imagine, that I can imagine or remember. Uh, after the Stafford trade, uh, I don't know if this actually came out as something the GM and owner said, or if this was something that was assumed based on talks with other, other teams. They really thought they were going to get a Matthew Stafford deal for Carson Wentz. Two first-round picks and a great player in return. Um, let's just say they did not. Uh, they got a third-round pick in the upcoming draft, 2021. A conditional second-round pick the following draft, 2022. Condition on that is uh, it can become a first-round pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the team's offensive snaps or 70% and the team makes the playoffs. Now, a lot of people out there are saying, oh, that's a lock. It's going to be a first-round pick, pick because... He's going to definitely do that. Well, if you've watched the way he's performed the last couple seasons, you'd have to question it. Let's not forget, uh, Mr. Wentz has been bit by the injury bug more than once. So there's no lock that this guy is going to be healthy enough to play or play at a high enough level to have the team, for the team to be out there. To be out there for 75% or 70 of the team snaps. I mean, this isn't a terrible trade for the Colts. Um, You'd have to think if they're going to make this move right now, they really didn't think they had a shot at other quarterbacks that could potentially be available. Uh, We heard things out of Seattle, maybe Russell Wilson, but then he says, no, 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 no. And the team says, no, 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 no. 
I really don't think he's going to get traded either. Uh, they obviously don't think they have a shot. Anybody like Deshaun Watson. They don't feel there's anything to the Aaron Rodgers rumors. Uh, and I don't either as far as this year goes. I think next year's a different story, but this year, no. Uh, they didn't draft Jalen Hurts to sit there and watch watch the ball go around in the year. Um, I mean, anybody else out there that, I mean, they might have had a run at, but then they may have lost out on too because free agency or another team might have made a better offer. They got a former second overall pick coming to a team that's coached by a guy who was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. When he had his best season. Right. So if Carson Wentz is going to be put into a position to succeed, this is probably the best place he could have ended up. It's an it's a, it's a dome. It's indoors. He's not playing out in the elements. Right. I mean, they, I didn't get his retractable roof, so they can if it's nice weather. Talented young receivers. Uh, an incredibly talented young running back, Jonathan Taylor. Looks like he's going to be a stud. Very good offensive line. Top 10 defense. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't ask to be put into a better situation. You only have to ask yourself, if you're the Colts, you had to have really done your due diligence and been sure on this. Because you had a, a all that I just mentioned, an abundance of cap room, and not a lot of huge contracts on the books going forward that are going to prevent you from being able to negotiate and legitimately set your team up to succeed for the next five, six, seven years. I, I don't know, man. I know how you stand on Wentz, but if you look at it objectively, how do you think this trade shakes out? So I, I want to just put it in reverse a little bit. Um, your point on the uh, 75% snaps or 70% in team makes playoffs. Let's be real. That division will get better next year. All right, Deshaun, Deshaun's not moving. Houston fans, Deshaun's not moving. All the other fan bases that think they're going to trade for Deshaun, he's not moving. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out that sound bite just, uh, just so we have it. That's fine. Just for... Just for posterity. I, I'm all about making bold statements or firm statements. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are about to get probably one of the best quarterbacks to come out of the draft in a few years. By default, they're going to be better. The Houston, uh, not, not Houston, uh, the Tennessee Titans are going to be better than they were last year, and they won the division. They're not going anywhere. So it's a tough division. It's been a tough division past, what, two or three years? It's not going to be easy. And I say all that because if he it's if he gets out of a game or sits out for a couple games and he goes down to, and he gets around that 70%, but, oh, maybe they make the playoffs. I don't see them making the playoffs. It's a tough division. It's a tough AFC. You're going to see the Chargers. Do you not think they'll be better next year? Oh, I think I think the Chargers will be playoff contenders next year. So, I, I mean, and we believe, understand that maybe a little biased, we believe the Patriots will be a better team next year. 
I mean, there's only so many teams that can make the playoffs. They're probably not going to have the same setup as they did this past season. So that's a, one less team making the playoffs. That's my that's my issue with with on the Eagles side. Like you think, and I, trust me, Chris. I heard it most of the day when this went down. How much of the uh, how much this is almost a lock to be a first round pick. This is not a lock to be a first round pick. This is this is a 50-50 chance that this is going to turn into a first round pick. Did they get what they could out of it? Sure. Eh. I, I, yeah, they got what they could out of it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fifty fifty. Um, I, I don't know. I'd say seventy thirty. It'll be a first round pick. That's what I would say. Only because he hadn't. Yeah, he hasn't gotten hurt every season. No. Uh, but, and there's nothing. Here's the thing. If they don't have a better option, they're gonna ride out the season with Carson Wentz. So if he's not hurt, Brissett probably won't be back. No, there's. Um, I'm not saying Brissett's going to go be a starter and win a Super Bowl somewhere, but he's there's a good chance you're going to see him go to some place where he can compete for a job. You might see him in a place like Chicago, where quarterback future is a little uncertain. Um, and I don't think they're they're, they're ready to throw Jacob Eason out there. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean. Uh, although, although, I mean, if it's, it's the way Wentz has played the last season and a half or so, or Jacob Eason, maybe give the kid a shot. But in all in all seriousness, um, I think this is a textbook example of how you completely tear down a Super Bowl winning team after you win and just... <laughs> Just shred any hope you have of, of, of winning another one anytime soon. Uh, I, I I don't I don't understand how a team can so from from the, just at the top down so poorly manage itself uh, to win a championship and then be schmucks. Oh wait a minute, <laughs> yes I can. I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I've been watching that every time they won a championship for the past 15 years. So. Uh, I actually did that. Take a little shot of myself there, guys. So if you didn't catch on, but if you're the Colts, it's not a bad move. No, it's a first and a second, or excuse me, a third and a second, a third and a first at worst. Uh, and you only would have dead cap on a contract if you cut him before this season, which obviously they're not going to do, or they wouldn't have traded for him. Right. So, I mean, he's he's he's. Over a $30 million hit for the next four years. But realistically, if he ends up panning out and being what they thought he was going to be when he signed that contract, they're not going to care because that's what they pay any, anyways to bring him in. Uh, and I believe they can cut him after 2021 with absolutely no penalty or residual effects. So 2022. Before that season, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so after the season. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so after the first season, if it doesn't work out, they you see first round bust all the time, so they lose the first um, first rounder maybe, second and third at best, and they cut them and they move on with a bunch of cap space to sign somebody else. So, <laughs> like for the Colts, the only thing you lose out on is the potential to bring in somebody else with the money you're going to be paying once this year. 
the potential upside drastically outweighs the downside because realistically, like I said, Rodgers isn't going anywhere. No. Rosen's not going anywhere. I'm not as sure Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded as you are, but I think with every day that goes by, it's less and less likely. Uh, and I don't think Dallas is going to let Dak get away. Jimmy? Um, I mean, you want an overpaid guy who's injury prone? She just traded for one in Carson Wentz. I know, I'm just putting it out there. So, I mean, <laughs> as a Patriots fan, I guess I'm supposed to gush over Jimmy G and say, yeah, I want a reunion. Come on back. Uh, he's had some nice games, but his defense and running game have essentially got him that contract. And he's performed one year on it with a stellar defense and an immaculate running game. And then he was hurt most of, most of the season. And the year they were that good, they didn't even win the Super Bowl. They blew a big lead late. So, I mean, I'm not chomping at the bit to get Jimmy G. Not with the contract he has. He comes in for less money, maybe. But if you're the Colts and you say, hmm, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo. As crazy as it sounds, I'm going to take my shot on Wentz before I give Garoppolo a shot, honestly. How I look at it, Chris, I, I'm if I'm the Colts, Okay, I made this trade. I need to bring in a suitable backup to make sure that I can do something in the playoffs with this team. Because we agree this team is built. Offensively, running game, pretty good wide receiving core, a nice tight end uh, core. Defense, all three levels. One of the best linebackers in Darius Leonard. Some excellent defensive linemen. We can't argue. We can't dispute the way Chris Ballard has built the Indianapolis Colts, with the one exception of he, and no fault of his own, he could not foreshadow Andrew Luck walking away from the game. But he needs to bring in a backup that's suitable. And if that's not Jacoby Brissett, and then he don't, and honestly, he would have the most knowledge of that system. Does he look at Tyrod Taylor as a backup? Does he look at Marcus trying to get Marcus Mariota from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. It's a possibility. I think that's the most uh, important next step for the Colts is to find the correct backup. And I'm not talking about a rookie. Like, because realistically, if you weren't going to go Carson Wentz, I agree with you on Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy was glitz for a minute, and then the shine wore off, and now we see what he is. The move would have been to go get Mac Jones from Alabama late in the first round, early in the second. Because with all those assets, you have a, a ready-made pro-style quarterback from Alabama that would have suited the needs of the Colts. A guy that's not going to screw it up. A guy that's going to put the ball where it needs to be. And if it's not there, get rid of it. Like, that's what you need. Which you pointed out. They took a guy that typically throws the ball to the other team too many times a season and dropped that interception rate yes. down. Give them all the credit. Yeah. And maybe they'll do it for Carson because Carson uh, has – he doesn't have an interception problem. He has a fumbling problem. But I think they need a good – not great, a good backup quarterback. And 
if I'm them, I don't get Ryan Fitzpatrick because you know what kind of drama that creates. Because there will be clamoring for Ryan Fitzpatrick the second Carson Wentz. Yeah, first yeah. interception, it'll be, yeah. Yes. It'll be, yeah. And we, we know what Fitzpatrick is. Fitzpatrick is a nice niche quarterback. He'll give you some moments. But realistically, if you put him in for 16 games, your team's going to be 4-12. and 12. I mean, that's the best. I mean, if you wish upon a star, 8-8 eight and eight at best, but then you're probably still dreaming. Six even and with that, more realistically. Even with that Colts team, it's still. So, I, I that would be my only one thing for Chris Ballard is you need to find yourself a secure backup quarterback that isn't going to lose you any games and that can make some throws and run that team the way it needs to be. And it's not going to be great. It's not going to be pretty. But that division is tight. I think it'll be tight for – I think it now is going to extend because you're going to have Trevor Lawrence enter the atmosphere. Thinking if you're Indy, go for like a Teddy Bridgewater or an Alex Smith as a backup. As long as they're not on their current contracts, of course. If they get released and they you know come in and sign for less money, that's a whole different thing. Uh, real quick before we go to the, our, last little, our last little note here. Sure. Uh, if you're the Colts, again, this is – if you're the Eagles – you couldn't have screwed up your Super Bowl run any any worse than you did. The, well, we see the the afterwards, the actual run was great for you guys, but after that, you really couldn't have done a worse job of handling just about everything, with the exception of drafting Miles Sanders. Um, so you can say after twenty twenty two, oh, we have thirty four million dollars in dead cap, which by the way is the single largest dead cap hit in the history of professional football, outdoing the previous high of $22 million set very recently with the trade of Mr. Jared Goff um, by, as you know, all you know math out there, by about $12 million. So that's quite a jump. So the, the Eagles, who are already in salary cap hell, have, oof, man, I think, what, 40? I want to say close to $42, 43000000 in dead cap going into 2021. Now... That's not going to carry over to 2022. But if Howie Roseman is still the GM, <laughs> how much better is this team really going to be? Um, I mean, it, it, it's clearly, clearly, this this team, I mean, they built a team that could win. I don't know if they lucked into it, but they sure can't maintain it. And that's that's not even that. Look, I'm not. People are gonna say, "Oh, you're a Patriots fan. You're angry about them beating you in the Super Bowl." That's why you're saying that. No, dude, I'm a football fan. I say good things about the Jets. I, you know, not not, very, not, fre- many. not very frequently, but I do. I say good things about the Giants. I say good things about teams. I said, Ben and I praised the Eagles up and down for trading for Darius Slay last offseason for a third and a fifth. That was the steal of the offseason, outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but man, you have to take from the GM down and restructure that team to change the atmosphere on that organization. You have to, whatever Peterson and Wentz did, it became toxic. And I think you got some good young players in there. I mean, uh, uh, I said, then before when I was talking about Green Bay, I said Jalen Hurts. I'm in Jordan Love. Um, but you have Jalen Hurts and yep. Miles Sanders 
Got some offensive linemen coming back. Uh, Rhaegar looks like a really talented, uh, talented receiver. Uh, whatever else you do in the draft, you have some bright spots. You need to get Roseman out of there, get somebody else in, and take this cap room you're going to have in 2022. And don't worry about a flashy pickup. Worry about building a solid foundation. And as for the Colts, real quick, when was Carson Wentz at his best? When he didn't have to throw the ball to continuously score and come back. When he had a solid defense, a great offensive line, and a really good running game. So... He is put into the best position he could be. He could hope to be put into after just utterly flopping in Philadelphia. He's put into the best position he could be hope to be put into, and if he can't succeed with all the things he has around him in Indy, it, it's it's pretty clear he is just a bust. So to to add on to your point about the Eagles next year. Right now, they're looking at $30 million in space, which is nice, but not great. But it actually will be probably closer to 70 And why do I say 70 Because they still have to clear $37 million in cap space to be at the minimum, the max they can be at right. for, for salary cap. They still have some trimming to do. So they're, they're going to have a lot of – you're right. They're going to have a lot of – in 2022 – they're going to have a lot of work to do too and they need they need that that second round pick to be a first round pick cuz they need that talent or they need it to be a first round pick cuz if you're a smart gm you trade that first to get other picks later in the draft cuz you need players and they, they I don't know what they're going to do I don't know how they're going to get 37 million off the board they're going they have no choice to do that well, has uh, Jackson and Jeffries' salaries been deducted from that total yet? Or, I mean, no. did they save any cap room there? No, the, the only ones that are um, – Deshaun Jackson is, I'm sorry. Alshon is still on the team, okay. uh, on the board. Uh, Wentz is obviously on the board with the dead cap, but the rest is he, – he's moved from active player to dead cap, and so has Deshaun. So they still have so much, so much to do. In what are we talking about? Like two weeks, three weeks. They, they, there's no way that that Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, and Darius Slay are all going to be maintained on this team. Javon Hargrove, Brandon Brooks, Zach Ertz. We know Zach Ertz is not going to be on the team. He wants to be gone because he wants the money, and the Philadelphia Eagles do not have it. You're going to see based on the salary cap and based on how many teams are over the cap. In the next two weeks, you're going to see a historic number of player releases, and not just player releases, big-name player, impact player releases, because the teams cannot fulfill these contracts and be under the $180.5 million salary cap that they have to be under. I guess they can be over afterwards. I don't know how that works. But at that point, they have to be under. So you're going to see a lot a lot of big name players uh, looking for work, and the money's not going to be there to keep up with their former contracts. We have twelve teams under, and then the ones that are close, they're going to want to sign players. I don't know if this allocates for the uh, 
rookie pool because you got to remember, you got to remember everybody, you need money allocated for the rookie pool that's coming in. Whatever draft picks you have is slotted, so you need to make sure you have that space. So we're talking probably upwards of 20 teams could be cutting players. And quite honestly, you're still going to look at some of these teams at the top end that have the space. They might just cut players because they're not performing. So it is good. Like the time is the time is now to start making your moves. And if I'm the Colts, I I kind of stand pat and just see where the chips fly. Look for that backup quarterback, but see where things happen. See what player is available, because a team like the Eagles, the Falcons, the Saints. They're going to have to make space, and that's the time to pounce. That's why I thought the Patriots would be one of the best in position to make moves. Oh, and they will be with their cap room, without a doubt. And I really, I'm really, i surprised that I heard the Falcons have no interest in cutting Matt Ryan or moving him. Uh, apparently they want to draft a rookie quarterback and have him learn from Matt Ryan. So, which, okay, good luck with that. That's a lot of money. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Like, Matt Ryan's a talented quarterback, but good luck spending that much money for a teacher. That's and they have a, probably why you're in a cap position you're in, if you think like that. And they have the fourth pick, so it's, I mean, he's, he's not going to be expensive, but he ain't going to be cheap. No, uh, and then you don't, you know, you have Calvin Ridley and you don't want to trade Julio Jones. Um, I mean, Julio's getting up there for a receiver in age, but he can still perform at a very high level. And you put him on the right team. You know that has he doesn't have to be the the number one, or at least a team that has somebody who can kind of take some of the attention off him as well, and he could be great. I, I look, <laughs> imagine if a team like Buffalo got Julio Jones. Oh, they'd be Julio Jones and Stephon Diggs. Pretty unstoppable. Oh God, Cole Beasley. Yeah, nice tight ends. Yep, running game. Oh, that that makes sense. Um, and I know they have some work to do in the cap, but I think they can make it happen. But that's just uh, that's just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we will see. Uh, I, I I honestly have no idea what to expect. Like I said, Wentz was most successful in Philadelphia when he's in the position he is in now in Indy. And he has the same coach as the head coach that he had as an offensive coordinator when he was successful. So he, he he literally could not have ended up in a better position. Uh, but if he comes out and does not perform in this scenario, he's going to be a backup for the rest of his days in the league because he if he can't succeed now with what he has to do, work with now in Indy, he's not going to. So. Anything else? Uh, just a fun fact. Um, Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla's contract... <laughs> ends one year after Fernando Tatis' contract ends. Okay, so what's the deal with Bobby Bonilla's contract for those of uh, people that don't know? So, so he signed a huge contract with the Mets, and then as an agreement, they deferred the money, and they deferred it. It was so, such a big amount of money at that time that they just – they made this deal where every year he'll get paid out a certain amount of dollars and extended all the way out till 2035. Yeah, and I don't think Bobby Bonilla's played in the majors in 15 years. Could be more than that. Could be more. Could be 20. Well, they, yeah, they signed on that deal, and then they deferred it. Yeah. But with deferrals, 
comes other things like fees and penalties and interest and things right. of that nature. So when you add all that stuff up, Bobby Bonilla, uh, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla is guaranteed money. Yeah, every he's doing year really well. For, he's doing for, really till well. Twenty thirty-five. Whoever mean, Mr. It, Bonilla's agent is, uh, I hope he's very busy because he's a smart man. Oh, I've seen this in other players. Manny Ramirez did it too, and it's it's guaranteeing money coming into your pocket because whether you don't think you're responsible enough or you're just you're just saying, hey, I want to retire and be able to not do anything, but. It's a great move by Bobby Bonilla and his agent at that time. Oh, and here's the thing, too. Bobby Bonilla realized that with the deferral, he'd probably make twice as much money on the contract as he would have just taking the money right there during the years he played. So, sure, you want to defer it? That's fine. So, they picked, I think, what is this? Is this like $1.2 million a year? I think it's something like that. For like, it's not crazy. It's like, not, well, I would take that not crazy money in it once a year. I understand. For Bobby Bonilla, it's not crazy, um, but... but. But yeah, but I mean, so yeah, it, it, it's funny. After 20 years of not playing and still collecting money on what is affectionately known to the baseball fans as Bobby Bonilla Day, <laughs> the day that he gets that check, that payment, uh, <laughs> there will still be one more year of payments to Mr. Bonilla when uh, young Fernando Tatis Jr. is 35 and that current contract he just signs runs out. So uh, maybe, hey, maybe Tatis Jr. learns something and you know, he, he, he ends up deferring his, his next contract. So Fernando week. Tatis the third, right. when he's a star in the league, he's inheriting his dad pay, dad's payments for the next 150 years. So well, maybe you never know. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. Day was born. Good job, Chris. And there was rejoicing. Yay. All right. With that bit of idiocy, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 118. If you have any questions or comments on anything you heard on this episode or past episodes, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or our website, BCTSPod.com. And once again, downloads continue to increase. And I will continue to say that because I appreciate it. And uh, it's all because of you guys spreading the word, continuing to support us. Uh, if you have not yet, you feel so inclined, please leave a rating and a review. Uh, reach out to us on social media if there's something you want to hear about that you haven't heard about on the show. Uh, ben and I love to hear from you. We want to be interactive. Good, bad. We just ask you to keep it civilized, and uh, we will too. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.